Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we are concluding our series on recovering from bad New Year's resolutions. I'm recovering. How are you doing? (laughs) Well, since I've identified with three out of the four categories of kind of lame resolution makers, not lame, (laughs) we joke, but (laughs) struggling struggling resolution makers, um, I'm going to see if I'm four for four. Well, you've stopped weeping uncontrollably. Yes, I have stopped crying. We have been discussing just different types of resolution makers from the sweeping changes, high aspirations resolution maker to the apathetic, why bother, to the half-hearted. And today we're talking about the rigid resolution maker. Tell us about the rigid resolution maker. I just like saying rigid resolution maker. That's right. Say it three times fast. Well, this person, their strength is they've got a plan. Oh boy, do they have a plan. You know from dawn till dusk what they're about. And they are making things happen. They are in a a new regimen and they don't waver. They don't waver. Where they run into problems and why it doesn't last is caught up in the methodology. They really aren't enjoying life anymore. They are, it's not benefiting them because the plan itself has taken over and become almost like a slave master and they want others to buy into it too and start putting pressure on people and the whole dynamic changes. So this person, their strengths are they have a plan and they can get things done. By the end of the year, they can say, I did do this, X and X. Yeah, they're very, have strong wills, can can choose things that are difficult and uncomfortable. And if it was an exercise they wanted to start, you know, they would go through the early stages of how painful it is to do three push-ups when you don't do push-ups to whatever it takes to get to do three sets of, you know, however many that they have for their goal. And that's a good thing. Keeping with something is a good thing. That's a good thing. There's perseverance involved there. There's discipline involved there. There is um, determination that can make a choice, even a choice that is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But on the negative side? Well, on the negative side, um, no one wants to be around you because you're so unpleasant. <laughs> in fact, you don't like being around yourself. They're caught up in the methodology. We've kind of missed the point. Now, in our other ones, we spent a lot of time talking about knowing what you want and what works for you. And it's so attractive that this change, it's not a should, it's something that will work better for you. This group has forgotten about those things day one. Their attention has shifted to the methodology, this great plan, this system, this revolutionary whatever, if they bought it. And they're, they're caught up in that. That's the, or kind of, that's the only thing they can see anymore. And that caught upness really loses heart. It loses really, really the reason why we want change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing the system instead of enjoying the benefits of being able to master a different skill, or if it's exercise, being strong or being breathing better, having a healthier heart. Well, how do we help this person? Short of handcuffing them to the uh, desk, what we really want to do is help them get in touch with those original attractions of what they were shooting for and shift the equation so that their world isn't the method or the system so much as in that that's just a means toward what they really want. So we have to shift the order of importance. So one thing we need to do if we're kind of caught up in our systems and our our plan itself is start looking around. You have to start observing new things. And I always suggest starting with people. Like, who are the people that all this is going on by? And what's how is it affecting them? And how are they reacting? And start getting information from other sources of what's working and how it's coming across. You need information from somewhere else. 
So this person may be a little bit too much in their head. Yeah. So versus the half-hearted person that needed to look internally, this person really needs to look externally. That's excellent contrast. Yes, exactly. So for example, if a coworker came along and said, I'm struggling with uh, such and such a task, and you know, I was wondering if you could walk me through it. I got this thing due in a couple hours and I'm stuck here. And this person's saying, well, no, I've got this new, new Year's resolution. This is what they're thinking in their head. I've got this New Year's resolution and I clear out my desk and email between 11 and 12. And if I don't do it now, it's not going to do it. So no, I can't help you. Um, they actually do something counterproductive that they really wouldn't want because they're ordinarily a helpful person, but they've got to stick with their system. And so they they stick with their system and they, in that example, overlook coming alongside one of their subordinates at a time of need. And really helping bring about greater change in an environment that's a better environment. Right, because they couldn't see that something else was going on. They just had their, this is my time, I do whatever. This is my quiet hour, and it's a great idea to have an hour you set aside in the day that you kind of, if you have an office, you can close the door and focus on certain things. I applaud that idea as a practice. But the rigid resolution maker won't waver. So if there's an emergency or a need, or if on the way to their office something happens, they aren't open to adjusting And that causes other problems. I like that this person can really get things done. That's one thing we haven't seen from the other resolution makers as much. It's true. So we do really applaud that ability to plan and have a time frame. So what would be a way for this person who overplans to have a little bit of a leeway? How do they let go? How do they let go? That's a, that's, um, a good question because really has to do so much with what's driving each individual. One of the things you want to let go of is the control. That's one thing that's going on here is I need to master this day. I need to master this behavior. And I, 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 and maybe even to the point of fearing the loss of control that other things will go going on. So in that sense, they're a little unrealistic about how the world really works and how much control we really have. And so what they want to do is loosen up a little on that I have to you know, be in charge of everything in my environment. So it's a way maybe in their, maybe perhaps in their timeframes, in in their plan, they can have spots in their day where they have breaks. Yeah. Maybe that might be that. Yeah, that's great. In your plan, set aside time to make adjustments. Right. And you want these adjustments to be formed by other people, by your original wants and desires that have been lost, and maybe even a kind of a periodic questioning on yourself of, what am I defending here? The resolution of what I want to move toward, which is worth defending, or that I got to stick to this plan and this certain methodology, which is not worth defending at all costs. I've heard you say really that this person needs to find a more of a rhythm to their life as opposed to a, a schedule. Yeah, it's the difference between finding a, what works for you and staying very, this is, as we described with the other person, being honest about what's working for you and what's not, and being loyal to the plan itself, whether or not it's working for you, easy for you, fitting your style. So um, back to that great language that you brought into it, the external structure may not always be you. And if you have no way to check in on that and see see if it's natural, if it actually facilitates it, you know, you have no tool. For example, I when I speak for years, I would want to plan long in advance and be able to do all this research and then have a, a block, block of time, four hours, where I would sit down and write out my talk. That was 
murder. And I was I gave, I tried several methods of trying to structure that so that I could do that, put together a speech in that manner. And it didn't realize that it was the method that didn't work for me. And I was not being less responsible to learn about myself that I more internalized thoughts and I just needed space, creative space. And that over time, as ideas, as I mulled them over and went about my way doing other things, that ideas would start to gel for me. And if I had a, that kind of unstructured time, at some point as we got toward the event, the ideas would crystallize and gel in a way they couldn't when I had it set aside as it's going to happen on this particular day between, you know, 10 and noon. And in both cases, the same outcome, both cases were responsible, both cases planned ahead, but one worked for me and one didn't. And again, we see in these just a process of getting to know yourself. Exactly. And that's where we are saying to recover from a bad New Year's resolution. What we want to do is step away from giving all the power and all of the authority and all of the promise out in the resolution external from us. And we're just taking on a stock of who we are and where we're at and what we would like to be different. And then breaking that down into some steps that we can take one by one, encourage ourselves along the way, get support along the way, and actually move toward concrete change. Well, I have to give you the update that I'm not a rigid resolution maker. So uh, I was three so for not four, four, or four, not okay. for four, not four for four, three for <laughs> four. And we thank our listeners for joining us for our series on recovering from bad news resolutions. We hope that you've gotten something out of it. And you'll be discussing all these things on the blog, the Bold Enterprises blog at boldenterprises.com. That's right. Join the conversation there. Let's get to know each other. Um, would love to come alongside you and help you make change happen where you work. Well, we'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production. 